0: Krakoa Radio presents. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by my awesome co-host. Are you talking about me this time, man? Or is this another fucking
1: swerve? It's Josh. I'm the awesome co-host. I don't want to. I don't hear know why you're so hostile. Why are you so hostile? Because I'm always hostile. Because <laughs> I've been sober for 18 fucking days. That's why
0: <laughs> that's why I'm fucking hostile. All right, welcome to your first episode of.
1: <laughs> Wait, what'd you say?
0: Welcome to your first episode. If it is. <laughs> yeah, if
1: this is your first episode, I, I generally don't come in this angry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't if I don't have reason to. Let's put it that way. That's fair. <laughs> Anyways.
0: I'm yeah. a little on edge, guys. <laughs> Listen, man. Yeah, I'm a little on edge because there's a lot of shit happening in the X world, bro. Okay, so we have quite the stack today with mixed reactions for sure. Oh, for but sure. But before that, What's up? we have some things to talk about. We got some breaking news. And we remember, we do not have time to dilly-dally. We do not. We have to get right to the point. Do you agree? I, I always agree. You know how much I all right, hate So cool. So last night I watched Spiral. Um. Wait. What? Last night I watched the movie Spiral. The that, Saw movie.
1: That new Saw movie?
0: Yeah. That's the so, one with Chris Rock, right? Yes. Okay. And I have thoughts.
1: Yeah? Yeah. I, my thought me was me. I'm never watching that movie. So what's your thought?
0: So earlier this year me and my girlfriend, we actually marathoned all the Saw movies because why this not? fucking Christ. And I can say I have that stack of what nine movies, maybe eight or nine movies, three are good. Oh, the first one's a good movie, it's a very good movie. the very first one it was it was novel for its time, sure, sure, but it's a very well made good movie. second one's fine, and then there's another one, whichever number that I was like, okay, that wasn't the worst. Everything else is pure hot garbage, right? Yeah, so this movie spiral, I was like. All right, so now we're jumping into this. It's Chris Rock wrote the movie cuz he's a big fan of, of the franchise for some reason. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh my. Yeah, it's like a passion thing for him. He wanted okay. to be in it. Holy crap, this movie's fucking awful. It looked awful. awful. It looked awful. But the number one sin, I won't take too long with this, but the number one sin of this film is me and my girlfriend Figured out who the killer was when we watched the trailer, and we joked for the past year almost saying, Oh, yeah. I think I know the killer is. Then yeah. we watched the movie. And if you don't know who the killer is five minutes into the film, you're a fucking idiot. And they <laughs> barely the try trailer, and hide so. it. Yeah. Watch a trailer and say who you think the killer is. That's okay. who it is. All right. Yeah. It's I amazing. Seen the it's Speaking amazing of, how cliche the film is.
1: It, yeah. I mean, from what I do remember, I vividly remember thinking, Wow. This is another shitty Saw movie. Cool. Good
0: job. Like, well, when I say cliche, like more like 90s action flick, like literally open scene exhibition dump of the chief talking to Chris Rock and the chief going, your father would hate what you're doing. Nick." Right now, my father, the former captain left because <laughs> I turned in a dirty cop and that was his choice. And I'm like, what the hell is going on?
1: Oh, my Lord. What is
0: going on right now? Oh, I was God. blown away how bad the dialogue. Was. That's crazy. On the flip side of that, I saw another bad movie this week. It's oh. called Venom. Let there be carnage.
1: Oh, yeah. That's one a little closer to home.
0: All right. Yes. We're, we're, we're honing back in uh, that movie. As someone who did not like the first one at all. We talked about this the last first time. movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. The first movie was the best part was the song at the end because run the jewels. <laughs> um, I watched this one. With my friend who did like the first one and then okay. me and my girlfriend who didn't like the first one. This movie, we all three agreed, was awful. But on the plus side, it's only ninety minutes. Yeah, the short breeze. Can't Woody Harrelson's fine.
1: No, I well, I refuse to accept that. He's but fine. Okay. He's,
0: he's he's fine. In what he's doing, he's he's acting probably the best out of everyone. Whoa, even more than Tom Hardy. I don't believe it. Okay, Tom Hardy is invested and he loves the character, and it's very obvious. Yes. But it doesn't mean it's good. No, I know. I, I mean. Yeah.
1: I feel that way, honestly, about most things Tom Hardy does, which is he is very committed to this and that is 90% of what makes it good because otherwise
0: (laughs) he's a good actor. He's had really good roles.
1: He he's a good actor in the sense that he gets invested in the character. You know what I mean? Like if he weren't so invested in the characters he were portraying I don't know if he'd be a good actor.
0: That's fair. You know what I mean? Um, so that movie was good. We're, me and you will talk about the end credit scene after.
1: Yeah, we don't want to spoil it for the folks, but I no, do want no. to spoil because I ain't gonna see that shit until it comes on streaming. So no,
0: it's not worth paying for. No. Um, no and then finally, to wrap it all up, we had one good viewing experience, and that's called Midnight Mass. I'm sure everyone listening's heard about Midnight Mass yeah. on Netflix. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's really, really well done. Gets a oh. little bit monologuey sometimes, but like yeah. all in all, it's a really unique story. If you guys don't know what it's about. Even better. Don't look exactly. up anything. Don't watch a trailer. Don't read anything. Just jump into it, and it's gonna flip halfway through. It's yeah. awesome.
1: No, I'm excited. Like I, I kind of saw a trailer for, it, but not really. I just saw enough to be like,
0: I'm gonna watch
1: this one day. I don't know when, yeah. but I'm gonna watch it.
0: Well, it's the same director who did a lot of good movies. He did Gerald's Game. He did yeah. Breath, or no, not Breath, A Hush.
1: Oh it's yeah, on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. He did oh my god, movie. that oh that one with the deaf lady. Yes. Oh my god, that <laughs> she's movie? in it too. Oh, my God. That fucking movie is so good.
0: And the book she was writing in that movie was Midnight Mass.
1: (laughs) Oh, shut the fuck up. I didn't realize that. Oh, my God. That's so cool.
0: He laid a hint for his next show in that movie.
1: Oh, my God. I was telling Lady Baltimore recently that she needs to watch that movie. It's one of the scariest fucking movies. He
0: also did uh, Haunting on Hill House.
1: Yeah, that I knew.
0: I'm not. Yeah, eh, I mean, I did not like that one that much.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one. That was a bit too slow. Uh, Speaking of horror, though, before we go too far, uh, before we get... To <laughs> Off I, Before we go, we need go, to focus. I want to go on an even deeper tangent, and I saw, I saw a trailer recently for an upcoming horror movie called The Night House. Have you seen that trailer yet? No. It's got Rebecca Hall in it, so automatically you know it's okay, a fucking. Oh yeah, Yes, movie. I know. I
0: know.
1: That trailer alone gave me chills. Yeah. And I was like, get! I want to see this Ooh. fucking movie immediately. So I'm really fucking stoked for that.
0: All right, now we'll get back to X Men. Yeah. All right,
1: now let's talk legitimately. Let's talk about this fucking uh, this fucking shit going
0: on in Krakoa, man. Like, all right. So first of all, I just want to say, when people talk about event fatigue, I don't always agree. I don't always agree about uh, event fatigue. Oh. I will say, two of these don't have to be
1: events. What is happening? I okay. Before we start, because I'm going to say this a bunch anyway.
0: When is any of this happening? Yeah, cuz everything that led up to X of Swords perfectly lined up and then you're in X of Swords time. What and is this, happening right now? All these events are happening at different times.
1: Clearly because they came Mag- out together. Cuz Magneto's a bad guy in one, but he's okay in this one and then he's like
0: trying to kill people in another one. Like what what is happening? Yeah. So just so you guys know, we're covering Inferno number 1, yep. Marauders number 24. Trial of Magneto two and Onslaught Revelation number one and I guess the only I one? think it's the one and only and I like I guess Way of X is done now too. Like why wasn't this just Way of X number six? I don't, I don't know, man. Because someone just bought this thinking this is the beginning of a new event, which is what we thought, you know, because it has podcast,
1: it has revelations in it. Like, you would think, yeah. oh, it's a revelation. I want to, like, Jesus fucking Christ. Let's get into this.
0: Again, there's also, a uh, quick news in the X-Men world. Oh, Steve up? Orlando will be the new writer of Marauders starting in January, I believe. Oh, interesting. Uh, he's a good writer. I mm. offered him to be a guest in the podcast. So, if you're listening and checking out the podcast, please come be a guest. We've met a few times. You're a really cool guy. Hell yeah, man. Um, actually, no, I just realized I might have his email, actually. Anyway, so. <laughs> holla, holla at him. I have to. Um, but he will be the new writer of Marauders. I feel like we're going to see a very dramatic shift after Inferno. You, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. For, for multiple reasons and ways. Oh, so, shit, shit you know. is changing, my friend. We will talk about Inferno right now. Let's just kick this off with, I'll say, the best book of this batch, for sure. Yes, without a doubt. Um, I feel... More so though, because of like half this book is stuff we've already read, that this almost felt like a prologue. Oh, rather yes. than the actual story.
1: Yes, this is for which I'm I'm okay with because it's been a very long time since Hoxpox. Yes. So for those who didn't go back and reread it or you know, like don't remember from three years ago now or whenever the fuck it was, like It makes sense, but like this is a four-issue miniseries, and we just wasted an entire issue covering ground that we already covered two years ago.
0: Is it only four issues? I think so. Huh. So the book opens up with... It's supposed to... Yeah, Xavier and Magneto, right? Yes. Waking up, and Emma's bringing them back. So I'm assuming this is happening at a different time period within the story. I think so, yes. Much like the first time this happened.
1: Yes. And this is um, a speaking of Hockbox, this is a direct parallel to the opening scene of the first issue of House of X when Xavier is bringing back Scott and Gene and we have no idea why or what's happening or they were dead. There's resurrection and he's standing over them saying to me, my X-Men. And now it's Emma doing
0: it to Charles and Magneto. So So something's going to happen. That involved which then for a second I'm like does this connect to Onslaught no no it doesn't it, um, honestly I thought
1: that too because at first I was like is that Fabian is this like supposed to be after yeah. when everyone died in the bar but so, no yeah. apparently Charles totally. dies again I guess I don't know from what from my count this is now the third time Charles has died since the beginning of Oxbox yes, like that's
0: right? right he
1: was he was assassinated in the very beginning yes he died when the Zorns had to kill everybody because of Onslaught. And now whatever the fuck happened here.
0: Yeah. In like two years, he's died three times. Yeah, that sounds about right for Comic <laughs> logic. Project. Um, so we start off with an X-Force team seeing if they can try and kill Nimrod again. But what we didn't know, I guess, maybe this whole time is that they've been trying to kill Nimrod on the Orcus um, space station multiple times i think yeah. it shows 13 times
1: yes there's 13 times yeah
0: they've tried this always either a failure or a result unknown because they don't have time to upload their memory which is what orcas is actually now figuring out
1: i thought that was pretty clever too
0: that is really nice actually like i, I love the idea that, like why do they keep attacking the same way like they should be evolving out of all yeah. people they should be getting better at this and they're yeah. not <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's really bad when a villain's like, why aren't you better?
1: (laughs) Why are you, why do you suck at this? My favorite part, and it's the opening of the book, too, but my favorite part is when they're like, no one's learning, and the Omega Sentinel's like, no, not entirely. Someone remembers. That's why they keep coming. Like, if they didn't remember at all, why would they keep coming?
0: Well, I kind of took that, like, well, they keep coming because they know the station's still there.
1: I, but if they die, And they come back. Like, why would they? Like, why would they keep? Like, I, I like where she's going with that. Is which looks like there's gotta be something. Like, it's a, it's very foreshadowing of them gonna. They're gonna figure out Moira. They're gonna figure out what that Moira exists. Is my is my take on it.
0: That'd be interesting. I mean, it's a very big leap to take. (laughs) Well, it's the Omega
1: Sentinel, and uh, you know they. Most of these scientists have turned themselves into apes, so it's not like it's <laughs> not true. like there's a, not already a bunch of leaps going on. You know what I mean?
0: Also, this implies they have 13 Wolverine skeletons, and the other ones too. I mean, yeah, because they obviously know resurrection must be a damn thing. More and more figuring, people realizing,
1: yeah, they did for two
0: years, out. and it's like, no, no, you guys come back. We've seen you die.
1: Yeah. Between this and then them handing that information over to Ben Uric at the end of uh, X-Men 3.
0: Yep. So we have a lot of people. It's going to come out now. It's going to be officially out. I think that's part of the Inferno idea. Mm -hmm. But also we have essentially the next few pages, what we saw in Hawksbox of how Destiny met moira and why she fears why they fear each other or more so why moira fears destiny yes and granted yes it was two years ago you might Can, not remember you might not but also i i think what you just said
1: puts all of this in a perspective that i i didn't really think about until right now but not don't think of it as destiny of the character moira fears destiny like that is literally oh, yeah, what this absolutely. is about you know what i mean she not necessarily the character of destiny, but she fears their destiny. Oh,
0: and absolutely, that is yeah.
1: that is the catalyst of all this. I will say there is the scene between them is not exactly the same as it was in Hawk'sbox. There's some slight dialogue change. Yes, mostly mystique has more
0: to say in this one than she did in the other one.
1: So I don't know if that's supposed to mean anything or not. I don't know.
0: Well, in case anyone here doesn't remember, essentially, it's her destiny warning Moira to stop doing the anti- mutant stuff and to pick a better path because she only has what was it only has 10 lives maybe one more
1: she, 11 if she makes the right choice at the end
0: yeah so that's kind of her fear of like I have to make the right choice but also if you guys don't remember she's been making sure destiny is not resurrected yes because yeah that could be a problem too because then someone else knows the truth about everything. Mm-hmm. So we then cut to, as you mentioned, eight people <laughs> trying to study everything about Krakoa, and we get a payoff! Finally! They're getting things from the four old ladies. Aren't you happy?
1: Yes, I am. Real quick, um, to to put a bow on the, Mo- the opening Moira uh, scene here. So we get all that, and we get that Moira was killed because of her making a cure for mutants and then we cut to now which is moira's 10th life maybe her last and the first thing we see her doing is being on muir island holding the book that contains all of her notes for the cure to to mutants yeah and reading it like is moira still thinking about coming up with a cure for mutants and that's why she doesn't want destiny
0: back possibly yeah
1: you know what I mean? That like, makes sense. Is this like all part of her? Like we're always going to lose, so we might as well just all be humans. Stop be, stop being mutants. Like the, the only way to the only way to survive is to become humans.
0: She could be thinking that. It's true. I didn't even catch that. Good call. Uh, so we also have ape scientists <laughs> talking to four old ladies. <laughs> just fucking comics, man. Yeah, that, that's
1: that's all I'm saying about that. That's it that's, that's yeah. it. well it's a good scene though because they they purchased they purchased like monitoring software from them. They purchased like codes from yes. this brilliant old lady who's also a coder, <laughs> which is awesome. And um, basically
0: they find out that the mutants have two gates one on top of the other to trick them if they're scanning it. Yeah.
1: For what head- I love for their headquarters, go- right? Yeah. And
0: yeah. they go ape shit
1: r- quite literally. They all freak out when they realize it's going down.
0: Yeah. So then we cut back to Moira actually talking to Xavier and Magneto, and they bring up an interesting point. They say like, "Hey, you keep saying the machines kill us. Has have we ever tried just working with them, can you, with them?" Can you tell me, in what world
1: would Magneto ever consider an alliance with the machines? You know, the Sentinels that destroyed Genosha. Yeah, <laughs> like the like I. Magneto doesn't want alliances. Magneto is all about mutant supremacy. In no world would I ever believe that Magneto is like, what if we just cut a deal with the machines?
0: I think if he did, it would be like, and then we can backstab them. Like,
1: yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like, it is interesting. Like, you're the one who's lived 10 lives and machines always fuck us up. So what if we just work with them? Which you can consider Hellions the first hint of that. That baby is considered a mutant robot
1: and one thing we didn't touch on when we covered Hellions is i believe Orcus or another branch of Orcus has tapped into that cyborg baby and then hacked into uh nanny's yeah uh shit or her spaceship so yes. they have access to nanny's nonsense now
0: <laughs> nanny's nonsense class that's the, that's
1: the name of my band nanny's nonsense
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely an interesting take on that. And basically she's like, you're fucking idiots. Shut up. If you just listen to me, everything will be better. Morris no, used. you can't kill Nimrod. No, fucking rule one. Make sure destiny does not come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she also discovers here
1: uh, that they have been following her because they put trackers in her fucking body. Yes. When they met with her a while back, they spiked her fucking tea and they've been following her and they in in pure Charles fashion, we're doing it for your own good.
0: All right, Charles, go fuck yourself. Yeah, that was the most Charles Xavier thing. 1000%. So then we also have Magneto getting something from uh, Mr. Sinister.
1: Okay, so yeah, what happens um more they basically like all right more we'll listen to you what should we do and like you said her her primary thing she starts off by talking about nimrod and then immediately is like but above everything else destiny can't come back destiny is a bad person i don't like destiny fuck destiny destroy her destroy up destroy everything about her so she basically says you need to take the cradles which is the helmets because the five won't the five are out of control so you need to make sure that they can't bring them bring destiny back even if they wanted to. So go get the helmets and then destroy Destiny's DNA, which is why yeah, he,
0: that, was, that bad. Which
1: is why he's going to see Sinister.
0: Yeah, that's uh, gonna cause some problems. Someone's gonna notice. Or
1: and I, I'll foreshadowing toward the end. Um, somebody who looks like Charles Xavier goes to get the DNA from Sinister. Do we know for sure that that is Charles Xavier getting destiny's DNA or also, could it be is somebody the else?
0: next page happening at the same exact time? Cause if it is, then yeah, you're right. That could be mystique because mm-hmm. the next page is Charles and Xavier. I mean, Xavier and Magneto with Moira in a different room.
1: Yes. Yeah. Back in her, back in her no room or
0: whatever it is. Yeah. But also going back to what we we're saying before, when is this taking place? Because like Sinister's just there.
1: Yeah, Sinister's just chilling.
0: Magneto's um, there.
1: Magneto's not on trial here. Yeah. Clearly,
0: or nobody cares dealer. about the
1: Scarlet Witch. Um, the onslaught seems to be okay now. That's fine. Nobody's talking about that. Like, nope. what is happening? When does any of this happen? I'm very kind of pissed off about it honestly like there's too many things
0: happening simultaneously and i have no clear understanding of when this is happening well also you can consider this a repercussion of how things in the staff are changing because almost two years it's pretty connected yeah like repercussions that happened in two weeks ago from a book from two weeks ago are now happening in this other book like you can tell you can line up pretty well when every issue is happening even the trades the trades sometimes come out as issues from the you know uh, Dawn of X and stuff like that, like yeah. those books are issues happening at the same time because you can read it like that. You can't do that with this stack at all.
1: No, this is this is very much yeah, like you said, this is a product of changing creators and probably the pandemic, honestly.
0: So then we have—is this the first time we're seeing Bay's face?
1: Oh shit! I think you're right.
0: right? Yeah, because she
1: usually has that helmet on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we cut to Doug and Bay, his wife, uh, waking up to a nice, beautiful day. And, you know, sometimes people are a little jealous of that, how happy they are and feel Can- like they're losing their friend.
1: Yeah. I want to take a second just to focus on two things that aren't important. One, where Doug lives is called Rosetta. Of course it is. And two, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and two, I want Doug's mug that
0: just says I flower Kokoa. Yes. <laughs> That is great. <laughs> and then we have Doug just saying good morning to Warlock and saying good morning to Kakoa, the big tree. And, you know, it's nice. And I'm like, what is this foreshadowing? Oh, yeah. They don't show us this for no fucking reason.
1: No, 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 no.
0: So maybe just introducing Warlock because that's going to play a part in the future.
1: Could be. We also see that Doug's arm is normal and then the techno Warlock stuff attaches itself to him. From one of the plants mm-hmm. oh, yeah, and then yeah. warlock shows up you know what i mean like yeah That's i don't weird. i'm i'm not yeah i'm not quite sure
0: what the connection is there hmm. so then this part kind of confused me so cyclops is stepping down from the not well, from the council so he can be the leader of the x-men yeah he's stepping down as the because he has been
1: the um he's been one of the war captains Yeah, But he's been basically the commander captain. He's been in charge of all the captains, you know, like magic's a captain, a couple other people. And because he's now on the X-Men and has that as a full time gig, he's saying he can't do both, which I appreciate because as I was just bitching last episode, (laughs) Wolverine gets to be everywhere. Logan is like nothing ever makes sense for Logan. He can be a million different places as once. But Cyclops here is saying, listen, I can't be going on all these X-Men missions and be the captain commander ready to go for Krakoa at any moment. Like, I, I got to step aside and I'm choosing the X-Men over this. And go ahead.
0: So then the job goes to Bishop, my boy Bishop. Well, by the way, I need a figure. I need a figure, please, Hasbro, of Bishop in this year.
1: And with the crown on. I want him with the fucking yeah, Krakoa crown on, too.
0: And also, while you're at it, give me a proper kitty one, because for Kate. Because yeah, I want
1: a Kate pirate one for sure.
0: You'd even have that, I'm sure. I'd get you that right away.
1: Oh, I would get that in a heartbeat.
0: So now Bishop is the leader of the commanders or league commander, yes. however you want to put it. Yeah, he's and the- this sparks this sparks a whole conversation where hey, changes in the air. You know what, guys? Anyone on this council, if you guys think you know, maybe you're done for a little bit, you should. Uh, say that you know it's okay take a step down mystique. laying it
1: on heavy like oh mystique my God. why don't you step aside
0: <laughs> well, why, don't, uh, why don't you do it so yeah so she says you know what that's a good idea I have an idea if someone should be on the council who is it as she swings her cape <laughs> just like yeah what's up bitches it's me destiny
1: destiny baby um, I love oh, I didn't notice this one first when first reading it first like I missed the part where M- mystique kisses destiny's hand but I also missed the part where like sinister is just giggling with delight
0: oh yeah he loves this shit and
1: I'm gonna take it to mean two things one he knows he just gave somebody destiny's DNA which he thinks is Charles Xavier
0: and then so he, he knows
1: so he knows probably what Charles want to do and also I want to I want to think cape represent cape cape uh, appreciates cape you know what i mean i think oh, he's uh, probably yeah. like finally somebody another person with a good cape on this goddamn <laughs> on like fucking exodus over here in his stupid cape
0: but also i love the picture of destiny's face because it's reflecting xavier and magneto
1: yeah and they look so dejected
0: yeah they look real pissed <laughs> yeah so, but and the- there's
1: also so i had two two theories here one did Mystique impersonate Charles to get her DNA and clone her her herself and use the five to bring her back herself and two is this even destiny at all or is this somebody in a destiny helmet which could probably block Charles's telepathy and she's just doing it to fuck with them
0: that could be cool but I I could also see Mystique just being Xavier and then telling the five bring back this lady
1: that's that's more of where I lead Mm -hmm. or lean I mean but yeah, we open it's up. Wild. Destiny's back right away. And I love, it just ends there. It just ends with Mystique saying, all right, shall we have a vote on if Destiny can be? And Destiny takes a seat not, uh, not <laughs> on the vacant seat where Jean was, nope. but on the vacant seat where Apocalypse was, which is the head of the council. Yep. Right next to Magneto
0: and Charles. Which immediately I'm like, if I'm on the council and I don't know what's really going on behind the scenes, I'd be like, yeah, we should have a fucking fortune teller on our team. Hell yeah. yeah. Problems come before they happen. Like, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone is like, but there's
1: so many people who are like shocked. Like, Kate Kate looks kind of surprised. Uh, Nightcrawler looks kind of ag- aghast a little bit. Like, oh, shit, what's happening? I fought her in the 70s. Yeah. Oh, fuck. She's a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Inferno 1, dude. 4Xs. Uh, I gave it 4Xs too. A lot of data pages that we're we're helpful but still not necessarily needed and i think it was what three pages of content we've already seen before in the About three sense or four of pages yeah of, of moira getting burned alive again
0: but reading it it is funny because it does feel like a sequel to Hawksbox. it does which like the art and the style it just feels like a direct sequel yeah
1: um yeah and i probably would have given it five x's if i had any fucking clue when it was taking place in relation to any of the other books happening right now.
0: Yep. Speaking of what the hell's going on. Yeah, where are we going? uh, Marauders.
1: Yeah. So this one, uh, Marauders, what is she? I'm sorry, I'm pulling it up. Marauders Uh, 24. 24. Um, Marauders 24 takes place in what feels like a bygone era now of just we made a planet. Let's talk about that. Um, Yeah. But this is very much the Star Wars episode of uh, Marauders. Because Lando slash Han Solo is in this book? Because Lando Han Solo, because Lando Solo is in this book. Uh, so yeah, we open with a mysterious character flying to Araco. Um, planet Araco, my, my apologies. Um, and the new, she- the new SWORD space station being like, hey, you got to identify yourself. And he says, you go fuck yourself. I'm not identifying myself. And so naturally they blow him out of the sky. He crashes on what I thought was Earth because I forgot they terraformed Mars and is not red anymore. And so, and so he crashes to Mars and lands perfectly on a, in, in Port Prometheus. Um, somebody comes to say, hey, man, what are you doing here? And none other than a poor man's Lando Calrissian named Eden Rix, Rixio comes bursting out, shoots this motherfucker, and hey, we're off to the races. So after that opening, we find our OG Marauders taking Emma's spaceship, which we think is Emma's spaceship currently, the Mercury, to Araco, to Port Prometheus, and they land, and Bishop and Emma and Kate and Pyro and Iceman all come walking out into... I don't know what would you say, Tatooine? Like, where, yeah. where we, where? Mos Eisley, like, yeah, yeah, Mos Eisley. Thank you. So they're they're hanging around in Mos Eisley. There's probably if you look hard enough, there are probably literally Star Wars characters in here. Like, so this panel, this first panel with Emma and Kate walking together and Mos Eisley, there's a character in the foreground who looks just like a character right out of Star Wars. He's got like his outfit and everything. He's got goggles on his head.
0: The the chest plate he has on looks just like something out of. Star Actually, Wars. the guy next to that character looks like the dude who's like he doesn't like you very much. You oh look god, like that yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't forget, the artist of this book drew the Poe Dameron comic for like thirty issues. Oh, cool. Uh, so there you go. Which so- I read those issues, so like for me, this is exactly what he was drawing. Yeah. So this is a this is a cute scene.
1: It's Emma and 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 uh, Kate walking through talking about how the world is now here in, in uh, planet Araco, and they're heading to the red lagoon, not to be mistaken for the green lagoon in Krakoa. And uh, she wants to buy a blaster, by the way, a blaster. I wonder where they got that name from. Um, and the guy won't sell to humans. So Kate, who hates racist, uh, decides she's going to use her powers and steal a blaster and gets one for Emma. And Emma's like, bitch, I don't need a blaster. And so they go into uh, the canteen and the cantina, and they uh, find Sebastian Shaw there. Because why not? <laughs> he's of course he's gonna be hanging out in the bar. He does
0: not want to see them though.
1: And he, and he's like, hey, hey, you fucking blowing up my spot. Get out of here, bitches. Get out of here. I just
0: want one fucking day of peace away from the women who beat the shit out of me. Yeah. And so
1: then we get some data pages explaining a little bit more about who this uh, this Lando character is from the Nova Corps. He's a. Uh, He's a bounty hunter. He's a scoundrel. He's a. He's, he's sitting
0: in a booth exactly like Han Solo. Did. And then
1: when we meet him, he is exactly like you said. He's sitting in a booth like Han Solo. Um. They uh. They show up. He's been looking for Emma. Emma's like, oh hey, yeah, I remember you. It's heavily implied that she had sex with him and then stole his ship afterwards. Yeah. Classical. Um. Which is fine. That's Emma's. That's Emma's shit. But he wants his ship back. And. Much like the original Star Wars, from underneath the table, he shoots first. Yep. And uh, Emma automatically turns to uh, Diamond and it doesn't happen. And then Kate punches him in the face. Then he tries to shoot Kate, but she goes intangible and he's like, fuck these mutants. And there, a fight starts happening. She, Kate's beating his ass. And then Sebastian's finally like, hey, 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 um, take it from me. You don't want to fuck with these ladies. Yeah, let's not going to go well. Let's just come to a gentleman's agreement here, and we can solve this amongst ourselves. And then he's like, "I don't want to solve this." And he throws a a thermal detonator, like much like much like Luke had in the fucking Return of the Jedi, throws one of the thermal. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that's when Sebastian says, "I got this one, ladies," and he fucking absorbs it. And so it Love seems it. to. It seems to me that we have a stalemate. And so they're like, all right, let's come to an agreement. Uh, we want your ship. There's got to be something we can give you in exchange. And so they meet with fucking peepers. And like everyone peepers! else, <laughs> Emma, of all people... Emma's like, my boy Peepers, what's happening? She kisses him on the head. Like, I just love this recurring theme that everyone is just thrilled to see Peepers. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, he's the best. Like, Emma is like legitimately smiling the entire time Peepers is next to her.
0: It's great. It really is great. Like, oh, huh, he must have just made a great impression. Being, just, in I, I love that this
1: unassuming, D F list character that no one really knows is secretly every every X-Men character's favorite person. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's the fucking best. And so they end up, you know, putting this behind them. They've made, they've made their deals. They're sitting down for dinner on the Mercury, which is the star, which is the spaceship that they stole from this guy. And so they're, they're like, oh good. All's well that ends well. And he's like, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving me this, uh, this um, Mysterium uh, thanks for making me rich. I'm also going to take my ship back. He walks out, blows open the fucking hatch of the space station or the spaceship. The Marauders fly out into space and die immediately. And uh, he's taken the spaceship. And we end with somebody, a, a anti-mutant person about to Molotov cocktail the treehouse where the X-Men reside. When somebody teleports in and that person is no other, none other than Lord Chantel, uh, Sebastian's ex-wife lady who he thought was dead but wasn't really dead all this time. And now she's back. Yeah. And that's how the book ends with all of the marauders are dead. Yeah. Um, Which I think is really funny because at one point, Sebastian's like, all right, let's end this because I don't, I don't want all of I don't want all of us to die. It'd be really embarrassing if our entire side of the quiet council was dead. I that's kind <laughs> of embarrassing. I don't want that. And then the book ends with all of that side of the quiet council dying anyway. Uh, so
0: yeah, I feel conflicted because it feels like another random story after the previous issue which was which was another random story. Yes. Um, know this book, well, this writing, this writer's story is ending soon. So that means like two maybe three issues left of this story and then the resolution of this Sebastian story yeah feels weird and then until the end I was kind of like what's the point of this
1: exactly yeah. even then
0: the ending is just not connected
1: it it doesn't so I mean it's it's connected in the sense that it's somebody connected to Sebastian yeah. but and it's connected to the writer because it goes to the treehouse and Jerry Duggan's writing both those books so
0: um, Loose connections.
1: So, other than that, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it was it was an it, it was a fun standalone story. So, I gave it four X's for that because it, it was fun. It had some fun little Star Wars moments in it. Um, I I just like the honestly, I love the S- Sebastian being like, we all can't die. That would be really embarrassing. And then they all die.
0: <laughs> yeah, like uh, five
1: pages later.
0: I give it three X's. That's fair. Yeah. I can see
1: that. Like again, it's I've, it's hard for me to give a Marauders book a bad grade, especially when Phil Noto's the artist as well, because I love the art. I, some these most of these most of these characters are some of my all time favorite X Men characters. To begin, you know what I mean? So like,
0: yeah, uh,
1: and and uh, Peepers, we, everyone loves Peepers.
0: i Peepers.
1: So I mean, an X for Peepers alone.
0: <laughs> so next up, we have the Trial of Magneto. Yeah, and this is going to be a somewhat quick review because. I'm a little annoyed by this. Now, we talked before about books that didn't need to be events and we already know this wasn't supposed to originally. This was going to be part of X Factor. Yes. And it makes a lot more sense because, sorry, skipping a little bit to the end, when you call it the trial of Magneto and then seemingly resolve it at the end, and it's going to be a totally different story. Yeah. I was annoyed. I,
1: I truly don't know what's happening in this book.
0: I don't. So we start off with Magneto thinking he's comfortably hanging out in his home, but he feels Xavier probing his mind, but he still thinks he's in his house, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we cut out and we see it's actually Hope and Xavier poking around his brain and Hope not feeling super comfortable with this. Yeah hope is like this seems like torture
1: (laughs) hope is very much like this is a this is a coerced uh confession we're trying to get out here which is the definition of torture like i know you think charles like everything else you do that you're doing it for the right reasons but just because you think you're doing it for the right reasons doesn't mean it's the right thing to do
0: yeah so then we have the x-men meet up with the avengers because you know she's scott which is part of both families I was a little confused why Jean hugged Vision because I don't know about any connection between those two particularly.
1: I don't either, but I, I but Jean is one of the most empathetic characters, you know, especially given her like her te- telepathic powers and stuff. So I'm, I can see her just being like I, I'm so because she's also hugging um Wasp as well. So like I just see her like I think that's just her. I think that's just Jean being a compassionate person.
0: That's fair, but then we get to stuff I didn't like about this book. So because we've never actually had visitors, per se, to Krakoa, they had to play this game for when they're giving them a tour to hide all the hatchery stuff. Yes. That doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: No, just don't take them to the hatchery.
0: Yeah, go a different direction. Use one of your thousands of gateways to go to a more direct path to where you need to go. We don't need all this Emma showing them an illusion bullshit, especially because Comic-wise, all of them have mental blockers, so that shit can't work on them. That's a whole other thing. But actually, no. In uh, in in the gala event, Tony literally says you can't use that stuff on him.
1: Yes, and I will allow it here because I would believe that Tony is able to fight off a a telepath when that telepath is somebody who looks like Kid Omega. But I think...
0: Still a mega level.
1: Yes, but I think Tony's own horn dogness is going to uh, override any other thing. And he's going to see Emma the way Emma wants him to see her because he already lusts after her anyway. You know what I mean? I think he's already susceptible to seeing that because he already sees her that way.
0: Okay, better question then. How are they tricking Vision? That I, I
1: don't know. I don't have an answer <laughs> for that because I don't think this should be happening. Also, is Vision even with them?
0: Uh, maybe they wrote that out because like they realize that's a big problem.
1: <laughs> I mean, he was walking with them a second ago, but you never actually see him standing with them in the hatchery, so I don't fucking
0: Yeah, because probably the editor knows that, but didn't actually want to address it and just said, just take him out of the art.
1: Yeah, how is Emma going to trick the mindstone?
0: Yeah. So, meanwhile, the actual X Factor group is still investigating everything, trying to figure out exactly what happened to wanda cut back to hope still digging through magneto and then waking him up and basically being like hey do you understand they can't see her body which then i'm like what's happening
1: yeah because at the end of the last issue and i still am unsure of what's happening but like some like something was growing around her like you know what i mean like she yes and i i think they're even confused as to why that's happening
0: but Hope telling him you have to make sure the Avengers don't make it to her body. Yeah, it was weird.
1: I don't get it either. I don't fully understand. Again, there, there's a scene where when they're when X Factor's doing the investigation, they're like, "Oh, this cradle's missing, one of the Xavier helmets." And uh, Rachel does her chrono skim and sees somebody who looks like Magneto taking that helmet. It's like, okay, but if he took the helmet now. Who took the helmet again in Inferno? Did you need to take the helmet twice? Like, what's happening? What? How is any of? When is any of this happening?
0: Yeah. Then cut to Xavier Magneto attacking the X Men, and the X Men basically telling the Avengers, "Don't get involved at first. Like, we'll handle this." Yes, because all right, you get a few minutes. Yeah, because
1: if they do, it's a diplomatic fucking nightmare.
0: Yeah. So Magneto attacking them again for reasons we, as the reader, we do not fully understand. You. I don't. Yeah. Uh, then we have Polaris bust out and try and fight her dad, kind of mano a mano. Then the Avengers are like, "Fuck it, we want to get involved in the comic because we're here." Now, naturally, he's Magneto, so he just throws Cap Shield into Iron Man, and then he fucks with Vision because he's a metal robot. Like, only Iron Man has, like, this is anti-magnetism suit, sure, whatever. Sure. That's how that works. So, eventually, the book ends after this whole fight. Oh, God.
1: So, one of the other things he does is Kyle comes home, Northstar's husband, and as soon as he comes through the gate, Magneto wraps him in some metal things and starts squeezing him to death and says, the Avengers leave Krakoa or basically saying, I'm going to kill this human. And so Northstar goes yeah, crazy and, and, and immediately is like, I will kill everybody if it means Kyle can live. Like, all right, calm the fuck down. Like, why? Like, one of the things I didn't like about X Factor was like, it the emotion in drama goes from like zero to 100 in like two fucking yeah. seconds. And it's happening again now.
0: And also, we had a lot of moments of Magneto willingly go, I'm the bad guy look pay attention to me almost like look over here like almost hamming it up a little bit
1: yeah it's like okay dude that, you're we get it like you you're not guilty
0: <laughs> like eventually he's like arrest me i killed the scarlet witch and it's like well now i don't believe you because you just said that <laughs>
1: yeah exactly i didn't i mean i never thought he did to begin with
0: and then finally we have wanda show up with mystique saying well this should be interesting yeah,
1: what? Wanda just shows up and is like, actually, no, you didn't kill me because I'm not dead. Here I am.
0: And Hello, everyone.
1: Like, like, yeah, she literally. Good, what? I'm sorry. I
0: was saying it's a whole new set of problems. Like yeah, because they have a whole history.
1: Yeah, so she just pops up and says, Hello, everyone. I'm really moved that you all came to help me. But really, everything is all right. I just want to put all this behind me and let things get back to normal and, like, starts kissing. Uh, vision and that's how it ends like who what who are you are you really wanda what's (laughs) happening what's happening and when 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 is this happening
0: yeah uh two and a half i
1: i went i went three just because i I read it late at night and i was thinking maybe i was being harsh i don't
0: know this is wasn't good
1: i i I'm not I'm not a fan of where like I I really liked the first one. Yeah. And now I'm just like, what what? Like there's so much magic shit happening that I don't understand.
0: But also this makes sense that they originally, or at least the writer wanted to originally make this just another issue of her story because I think there'll be less expectations and it would just work better.
1: Yeah, but even then, when does this take? Place in the world because we have onslaught, we have onslaught doing his thing, we have inferno about to happen, we have destiny back, we have Magneto just back on the quiet council, even though everyone still thinks he murdered Wanda. Like, what is yeah. happening? Like, I don't understand when any of the seven it's really starting to fucking piss me off, honestly.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. It's, it just feels disjointed. And like yes. you said, like, we have a book where. Magneto so important. So is this after whatever happens with this book? Are they even going to reference it? Is this part of Mystique's grand plan?
1: I don't know. I, like, I should truly... the book
0: have finished first, maybe? <laughs>
1: That's what I'm wondering. Like, Should this have finished first and then we got Inferno? Or are, am I being led to believe that because Wanda came back at the end of issue two, everyone's like, oh, okay, Magneto didn't kill her. Everything's fine. So he just goes back to the Quiet Council and they just... Go after back to their normal lives.
0: After attacking literally everyone.
1: After threatening to kill a human and beating the shit out of the Avengers. But okay, I guess everything's fine again. I, 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 I'm I, really struggling with this one, man. I really am.
0: So that was uh, Trial Magneto, issue two. How many issues is this? Four or five?
1: Five, maybe? I don't remember.
0: All right. And then we get, honestly, my most confusing book maybe that we've ever done on this podcast because you're going to be the one handling this the most because i don't know what to do with this it's not like a case of i read it a few days ago i can't remember i read this today
1: yeah i read it a couple days ago
0: i read Um, this after work and i can't tell you what the fuck happened also i didn't know this was the end of the storyline
1: yeah, I didn't, then, I didn't realize that either. I thought this would be the beginning of a new fucking thing, but it was so, the beginning and the end.
0: So then also, question is, why is this even called this? Why isn't this issue six of... Um, Way of X. What's it called? Way of X. Because then yeah. this doesn't make sense. I,
1: I, I, I'm with you, man. So I'm going
0: to do my best
1: to... Please,
0: tell me to, what the fuck we just read.
1: To tackle this.
0: So I got literally half of it, but anything with Onslaught, like, I get all the Fabian stuff. But okay. anything with Onslaught, I have no clue what was happening. I will do my best, my friend. Okay,
1: so we open up with... I'm not even sure who's narrating anymore. Maybe, I think, might be Nightcrawler. But it's just a lot of like heavy-handed, there was once a sacred land where death had been dethroned. And it's all this like real foreshadowing into Onslaught's endgame here is to basically permanently kill all the mutants if he can. Yeah. And so we find our book opening with Xavier uh, being pl- being mind-controlled by Onslaught, uh, wiping the backups of, I don't really know how many mutants, but he's wiping the backups of a bunch of mutants. We have Magneto also being mind-controlled Everyone's basically like all, everyone keeps saying, excuse me, I can't stop. I've just had a wonderful idea. And they go off and do a thing that Onslaught wants them to do. And so again, Magneto is simultaneously on trial and on the quiet council, but also being mind controlled by Onslaught. So <laughs> I don't know. Like this is this makes Logan's adventures look linear.
0: That'd be funny because last episode I think was the one where you complained about or we were both complaining how Wolverine's like in everything.
1: Exactly. Like this is this is this is worse somehow.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and so
1: everyone has had a wonderful idea, and their wonderful idea is to throw something called the Crusa Ball, which is you know a play on their crucible. Um, and they're all gonna go have a party, and at the end, they're all gonna murder each other because they think they're going to be resurrected anyways. It's just going to be fun to let out some anger and aggression and have some good times. But as we see, Xavier's wiping all the backup. So all these people are going to kill them, kill each other. And then they won't be able to come back. But sometime in between the end of way of X five and this one, a night crawler has remembered what he forgot at the end of the book, which is
0: yeah, we didn't,
1: onslaught is inside everybody's brain.
0: We didn't cover
1: that, yeah,
0: it wasn't the whole point that he forgot it,
1: yeah. And then Fabian was supposed to be in a coma, so he couldn't tell him. But again, it's Legion, and Legion can do whatever he wants. Um, Absolutely. so as you may recall, Legion put a Kirkoan gate inside his own brain. Where he created a pocket reality that Onslaught can't reach. And so Nightcrawler bamps and takes Pixie inside of this no-gate area, basically. And they exercise Onslaught out out of Pixie. And they tell her what's happening. And then her mission is to basically go and use her soul dagger... To exercise as many of the other people as they can, and stop Charles and Magneto from wiping all these backups because they have to stop Onslaught. Because if everyone kills each other, Onslaught is going to become a godlike, powerful creature because he feeds off of everyone's anger and death, and that and that's the spark he needs to be resurrected. And that this all happened, as you recall, because Orcus put Onslaught somehow inside of Lost, and so when they resurrected Lost, that's how everything got connected. Anyway. Maybe um, that was
0: high, because I, I got like half of what you're talking about so, like when I read it. So, Lost and Fabian are
1: also still inside of Legion's mind, and Nightcrawler takes this time to explain to them what's happening, and basically says, it basically all comes down to this black woman who was tortured and whose parents were killed because this white man felt sorry for himself. She has to forgive you so that there's love in the world. And then we can fight onslaught. Yeah. And so Fabian is like, yes, I secretly hate myself and I hate, I just hate myself, but he doesn't actually, he's not actually like saying He, I don't. Unless I missed it, I don't really think he ever says to Lost, "I'm sorry for what I've done to you."
0: I'm genuinely sorry. He just has self pity. Yes, and but
1: Lost forgives him, or not? She doesn't. I think she says she doesn't forgive him, but she like.
0: Yeah, there was a line where she says, uh,
1: "And let me see if I I
0: don't forgive you, but today I do not hate you." Yes.
1: So she lets go of her hate for this stupid white guy. And that is, that is what we need for
0: a love to prevail. Effect.
1: And so while all the, while this is happening inside Legion's head, like I mentioned, Pixie is on a secret mission to free as many people from onslaughts uh, mind control as possible before they start killing each other at the crucible. They um, start using their muse- mute- mutant magic to work in tandem with each other.
0: Okay, can we talk about my favorite scene in this whole book? Sure. Which is Dr. Nemesis saying ride the sweet tempest of science while yes. everyone eats mushrooms off his head? Yes. Fuck yes. That made this issue, it gave it a star. It, 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 for sure. It gave it yeah. an X.
1: I, I would have liked it more if he would have still been a little nervous um, around Dazzler because he recently admitted all of his love for her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dazzler then uses this this opportunity because she's also been freed from onslaughts control, to use her power and sing everybody into a sense of joy instead of a sense of anger, sure. And I think everyone is then pulled inside of Legion, where they fight onslaught and, and free him because everyone loves each other now. And then he becomes a jack o' lantern. And then he becomes a jack o' lantern. And then dust connects everybody, so that everybody is everybody's love is connected, yeah. and and it, it's too much. It's too much love for for onslaught, and he's destroyed, and he's brought down a to tornado? this tiny. Huh.
0: He's turned into a mental tornado. Yeah. Like is this part that we're, we're talking about is this in legion's head or is this in yes. reality
1: this is in legion's head reality
0: okay the house of l whatever
1: whatever you want to call
0: it that's what they call it but then i think of superman cuz house of l yeah. oh yeah yeah
1: yeah I see so like yeah while this is happening nightcrawler is pontificating and preaching and
0: and grows a vampina
1: around and he squishes what's left of a tiny version of um, onslaught while saying hate doesn't rule us. We rule us loss gets a- new hair loss gets awesome new hair though. I really I like, like it. her. I do. I, do I do. like her new look. And she then is telling this story to the children while Fabian is there saying, this is our culture. Now love is our culture. And all the time, this was the way of X basically. It's not a religion, but a culture of love. And, um, Come to find out they keep this headquarters, they keep this safe space inside Legion's head and basically decide to start a peacekeeping force that Legion also refers to as Mutant Jedi. So I guess Star Wars does exist in this world. Yeah. Um, and it, it Nightcrawler's like, no, no, we're not <laughs> cops. I was thinking we'll call ourselves the legionnaires which okay cool yeah. and so we end with a splash page of we keep the peace we keep the law we keep the spark and the legionnaires i guess is going to be a
0: new team of peaceful cops i don't really know let led by by nightcrawler but also has juggernaut who has juggernaut
1: (laughs) has blindfold it has somebody who i recognize but can't remember his name right now
0: it looks like tom cassidy but not
1: oh maybe it is tom cassidy though because juggernaut's there
0: that is true yeah um
1: and then and then uh doctor what's his fucking face nemesis thank you nemesis so all this was just a lead up to another book called legionnaires i guess maybe again could have just kept being the same book I truly like they try to fit so much into this and so much heavy handed, like religion, but also culture, but also the power of love and forgiveness. But also, like, why does why does the power of love and forgiveness always have to be at the expense of a black woman who's been hurt or black people in general? Yeah. Why yeah. is it always on black people to forgive the, to the, be the, forgive, the ones yeah. who hurt them? So for that reason alone, I gave it one X. Because the story itself, I was like, all right, this is weird. But I I kind of give them credit for trying to do something we- wild. Yeah. But by making, by creating the character of loss solely to have her be a vehicle for a bigger
0: person for quote,
1: Fabian's quote. redemption, which I like, what? Fuck that. Like, yeah. that's bullshit. Fabian's an awful character. And why
0: should she like, fuck this, man. It's weird. I gave it two X's because, as someone who is fine with high concept books, I'm a True. fan of Grant Morrison. I mean, come on. There's a lot of crazy shit he stuffs into one issue. Yeah. But because this book has actually, this series has been really good. I've enjoyed I really, it so like,
1: far. Yeah. Really,
0: really enjoyed it. And then it felt so rushed to shove in. An, basically, it felt like they shoved in another arc's worth of information in one issue. Truly. Like we said in the beginning, like
1: the entire premise of the book. Focus is around nightcrawler getting back information that he didn't have at the end of the last issue which was the cliffhanger of the last issue yeah so like why does that happen off screen yeah <laughs> i don't like i i don't years. it's it's it wasn't a great ending for a series that i otherwise pretty much i really enjoyed and now yeah. it's kind of tainted because like all of that high concept led to
0: a really big letdown And then also it brings the question of like, what the hell does this even mean that they're going to keep the peace? Like you need cops to make sure people follow the law of love.
1: Like exactly. Like what? Like that's not the police. (laughs) Like Like, I
0: thought we thought he was making a church or a way of life and now he's making police. Like I would have
1: been fine if it ended with just like, we are a culture of love. Okay, cool. Cool. The end. Yeah. Why do we need the legionnaires to enforce
0: love? yeah it's weird and then like is that gonna work on people from Akaro? because that's a different culture because let me tell
1: you about their culture
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's very different that would have been an interesting issue of them interacting with those mutants and saying shit well we can't really force our beliefs on them and that has a whole new discussion like
1: yeah like and then like onslaught using that and like being like oh these people are angry i'm gonna go seek into them now you know what i mean like
0: then you have a whole fight with onslaught on Mars and all this crazy shit, but instead yeah. like it felt like a lot of rushed a lot of good ideas rushed into one issue
1: yes, and and again, when does this happen?
0: Yeah, exactly. when does this actually happen? Because we haven't seen because actually here's the thing. Let I me mean, go back. I'm going look right now in the council meeting. Nightcrawler doesn't have a goatee or a robe. Right? he does
1: not have his beard that he gets at the end of this issue.
0: so th- that have to take place after.
1: Or before. Oh, you mean, I mean way before? Of
0: ex- yeah, be- yeah, but before. You mean this book this. takes place after, after. Yes. Inferno? So, that like stuff like that, I feel like the editor, whoever the main editor is, or again, maybe if this is Hickman focusing on other projects, so he's not as tightly paying attention to what's happening with his current stuff. I don't know. It's a pure assumption, but it also feels very weird and disjointed. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. He looks like regular Nightcrawler. Yeah. So yeah, I had to give it 2 Xs just because like it started at such a high and yeah. ended on a really low point and then like you mentioned with the whole idea of like as always the black person has to be the bigger person mm-hmm. and just say I somewhat forgive you and then love is the answer. Uh, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's like it did Will Smith write this? Like what the fuck is happening? <laughs>
1: the espn writer right now um no did you, like wasn't didn't will smith recently say he like some movie he's making he was like it's like it's like Django, but like with love instead of hate or something like that Yeah, he says like,
0: he doesn't ever want to do a movie where he's a slave because it feels like it always comes down to to hate and yeah I something go, like that. Django's one of the best movies ever watch your fucking mouth like yeah And that's, that's, Django is a story about love literally
1: yeah yeah <laughs> like what the fuck man why why
0: listen Wilson, fabian murdered her
1: parents fabian yeah. became a terrorist who murdered humans and murdered her parents
0: and never because he's a spoiled white kid yeah
1: and she forgives him for that fuck that
0: fuck that on that note guys
1: <laughs> where can they find you on twitter but
0: actually first next time you guys uh listen to us it'll be our first x that's library with an x that's true. um it will be the prologue to Inferno, the magic miniseries. We'll be covering yes. that. Which one could
1: argue that there's like five years worth of prologue to Inferno.
0: Oh, absolutely. yeah.
1: But it's, we're going to, we're choosing this one. Be, yes, but we're choosing this as the prologue primarily because I think it, I, I don't think you can really grasp the, the, the severity of how Inferno ends. Without finding out how magic becomes magic. You know what yeah. I mean? So,
0: and I've never read it before. So, it'll be a first. I know, I know what happens more or less in it, but yes. I've never actually read
1: it. It's good. I really like it. It's re- it's a really good miniseries. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it again.
0: All right. So, guys, you can find me at Madman3005. Josh, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at XBrarian. It's librarian with an X. Sweet. And thank you guys for listening. We've had a great time this episode even if we sound like we haven't. And until next time, guys, we will see you next time.